Welcome to the Equipped Podcast, where corporate woman Cassie Duke and college basketball coach Clarice Garcia help you uncover what God's Word says about who you are and His promises for you. This podcast is a journey to equip and empower you to operate and thrive in your God-given identity. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Equipped Podcast. Clarice and I are excited to have one more week with you guys where we get the opportunity to speak about God's Word, who He is, and how it applies to our lives. And so thank you all for taking the time to listen today. And hey, Clarice. Hey, uh, Kathy. Great day. I know we were just talking about, gosh, that's ending a year of this um mm-hmm. just 12 months in and it's just been it's been great and I, I'm kind of cracking up because the nature of the topic I feel like this is one of those ones you're kind of like oh do we have to talk about this one it just highlights me so much sometimes <laughs> I feel like we've had a few of those yeah. this, this quarter yeah, like the Lord has given us some of the ones <laughs> that are really working on ourselves and hopefully mm-hmm. you guys listening um it's something that blesses you and something that the Lord can grow you in so This week, uh, he has led us to talk about the topic of offense or Mm. being offended. Um, And we were listening to a sermon by Pastor Stephen Furtick, and he used the quote. He said that we live in an age of perpetual offense. Mm. Um, And I don't know about you, Clarice, but I'm seeing this. It feels like it's increasing as we go through the years, how Mm. easily offended people are or with the introduction of social media, how easy it is to put an opinion out there and then add in a counter opinion and how quickly we may take something somebody says and then take it on as offense. Like, Oh, I can't believe they would say that, or I can't believe they would do that to me. Yes. Um, and so often in those moments, it really had little to do with you or me, Absolutely. Um, but it is so easy to pick up that and go, Oh, I can't believe that. Mm-hmm. You see it all the time. We do. And uh, you, we'll talk through some practical examples a little mm-hmm. bit later, but you were talking about even with in your basketball world. And I yeah. know I see it at the work world. We're going through a big merger and gosh, we're always talking about assuming positive intent because it's so easy to just assume the mm-hmm. worst or take on offense. Yes. And so before we even dive into the topic and defining what the Bible says about offense, we just want to remind something we've talked about before. And that is, this is one of the enemy's goals. Y'all we've read yes. this, like the enemy's goal is destruction. You know, we read that in, John 10, 10 about how he comes to steal, kill and destroy. And he, one of his tactics in doing that is causing division between people, whether it be a marriage relationship, friendship, coworkers, whatever um, he can cause. If he can cause division, then that can often lead to that destruction. And so um, in Matthew 12, verse 25, Jesus says, is talking about how a um, house divided against itself can't stand. And so mm-hmm. if the enemy can come in and cause that division or that offense to take root, uh, what a subtle way that yeah. he can come in and start causing issues. And another pastor, uh, Pastor Keith Moore quoted that it's one of the enemy's most successful tactics mm-hmm. is offense. And I know when I hear that, I'm like, wait a minute, (laughs) I don't want the enemy to be successful. Um, So I need to make sure I'm not letting this attack of offense grow in my life or take place in my life. So Clarice and I wanted to talk to you guys about it today and really bring it to light and talk through, you know, what it is, where it resides, how you can recognize it, and then what can we do about it? Absolutely. Well, and Cassie, when we just generally bring this topic up, you think, okay, offense. 
what offends me? And as Mm -hmm. I was thinking about this, there's just so many different ways that we can, that we can realize that something happened within us that doesn't feel right, doesn't sit well. Mm -hmm. And I think the overarching principle of that is, again, the Stephen Furtick uh, comment was offense is an event. And then of being offended is a decision. Mm. So I think of the events, right? So as simple as let's just talk real world text messages. Mm-hmm. If I get a text message from someone and it ends in a period and not an exclamation point, I just, I don't know. I don't think that they're excited. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it could offend me. Like, why are you not as excited as I am? Sure. Um, you know, you think of other things that can happen maybe when I'm not appreciated, maybe when someone says something hurtful, a lot of it gets tied into when we get offended. It's just that expectations didn't get met. Um, A lot of it is when I don't get what I want or think I should have out of a situation. When I feel misunderstood, when someone does something that makes me feel poorly. Um, A lot of times you kind of touched on this. This is, this happens a good bit in social media when we see or read words or behaviors that don't align with our moral convictions or how we would have done or acted in that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I think about when I can be offended when people don't agree with me and I think I'm right. Um, you know, taking it more the spiritual route when you see someone being blessed in a certain area that you've been kind of how we talked about last podcast, like in a Hannah stance where you're just pleading and contending. And now I'm offended at God because he's given something else to someone that I thought I wanted. And I thought it was Mm -hmm. my season Mm -hmm. to have. And so these things, again, like you said, if the enemy's goal is to cause division and destruction, it's these little things that add up right? Yep. And it's over time. And so, you know, you may say something to me and I'm like, oh, well, that didn't sit well. Then the next thing you say, maybe later, because I'm holding on to that thing you said to me, now it's a little deeper. And mm-hmm. then before mm-hmm. we know it, there is that division. We're not walking step in step and we're not um, walking in that unity of the body, which I know we've talked about in past podcasts. Yeah. And that unity is so is so key. Um, and I'm listening to your list and identifying with a lot of them. You know, I think those are pretty global when it comes to, you know, not being appreciated or when my expectations don't get met or I don't get what I want or what I think I should have out of a situation. And what I kept hearing was I, I, yeah. I, me, me, right? Like when we are more concerned with self of like, how's it impact me? How's it make me feel? How do I feel about this? Um, yeah, that right there, Clarice, I haven't even really thought about that mm-hmm. yet, but that's one of the, you know, breeding grounds for offense is when we're in that self-focus of how is this impacting me? And, mm-hmm. you know, we really need to consider others before ourselves. And something somebody told me years ago, you know, talking about being offended, for example, like you walk into church and um, maybe pass the pastor in the hallway and he doesn't say hey to you or somebody in the hallway that you mm-hmm. think should have acknowledged you. Um, and how it's so easy to go sit and be offended and then not hear his whole message and how that stirs right. into a whole big thing. But if we think about maybe his perspective, what if he was focused on walking to get blank so he could get up on the stage to get, he, yes. to get his sermon? Like so often we take offense to things that really had nothing to do with us. Right. Like it could just <laughs> been an honest mistake or a behavior that that person was even thinking about. But yet we take on this whole we paint this whole picture in our mind of, oh, they were 
rude to me or didn't appreciate me or didn't understand me. And it's so quick. So we'll talk more about what to do in the practical moments. But Clarissa just hit me when you're talking about that is offense. One of the first characteristics of it is that self-focus. How does it impact me? And so in scriptures, um, you'll, you'll see the term offense used multiple times throughout scriptures in different contexts. You know, it could be Jesus talking, Paul talking, Old Testament, New Testament, you know, offense is throughout, but we found one and defined it, um, in the, in the Greek and, um, reading it right here, it's scandalon or scandalizo. It's S K A N D A L. Um, and it sounds like our word for scandal, but what this scandalon is defining offense as placing a stumbling block or some type of bait or to become ensnared by something. So this is offense. And so, Clarice, tell us a little bit, what does the word ensnare mean? We don't hear that a lot nowadays. No, not at all. And when you look at it, it really implies seizing by some device so that it holds one caught at the mercy of the captor. And it's just like, whoa, Mm -hmm. mind blown where it says, you know, just to basically catch or to trap. Um, And I think of like the visual of I'm stuck in something and now I'm literally at the mercy of the one who can, who has the ability to let me go or not. Yeah. That's a powerful visual. Mm -hmm. If you let something ensnare you or trap you to Clarissa's point, you're at the mercy of the captor um, Mm -hmm. to move forward. And I think that's such a powerful definition of offense. Um, because as Clarice said before, being offended is a decision that we choose to make. And when we choose to be offended, it's like we're letting the enemy come and snare us and trap us Mm -hmm. in this offense. And it blocks us from moving forward. Yeah. Cause you get, you get stuck in that place. And I think of it, it changes the nature of relationships, you know, where I may have been super close and I'll just use you for example. Mm -hmm. So say we've done something to mutually offend each other. Now the nature of the relationship changes because now it's like, Oh, well, I don't even like her anyway. You know, and (laughs) you just, you just build up these beliefs in your brain that just don't exist just on the very nature of something that you internalize because you thought you could. Right. You know, and, and kind of focusing then on that internalizing, mm-hmm. you know, I know we talked briefly about at the beginning, well, where, where does offense reside? Like, where is it? And if we know anything about who God is and how he created us, you know, it's always about the heart, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we give our hearts to him when we um, turn our lives over, we, we let him be the Lord of our lives. So he sits on the throne of our heart and what we allow access to in our heart can will flow into every other area. So if what is in our heart is good, you, your work, your home life, your relationships, you know, you're in a great, better place than you are when the things that are in your heart aren't clouding everything, you know, in Proverbs from 423, it says above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Yeah. And, you know, you look in Jeremiah, just talking even more about the heart. It says the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure and who can understand it. And when you're looking at that, it's just the heart is, your, you know, it's the seat of the emotions, your passions, um, you know, where your understanding is located, your will, your moral character, just everything. And so, you know, when we do, when we talk about where, where does this offense happen? Because you know, I, I think uh, I think Stephen Furtick did a really good job just showing the visual of building a literal fence when the offense happens. 
But we think of what happens in our heart. And when we create a wall around the heart, not in a guarded way where it talks about, but just a literal wall with the different things that people have done to us, you know, not only can we not get out of that ourselves, we can't, we're not allowing God to get in to heal that area. And that's so true because often, you know, you can't look at somebody on the outside necessarily <laughs> and right. tell they're carrying a fence. You know, some people have <laughs> a, maybe a look about oh. them, but, you know, like she mm-hmm. clearly is saying that it's residing in our inner man and that precious mm-hmm. heart that, that all things of the Lord is residing in there. And so putting up that wall of offense of like, okay, you've offended me now, so let me put yeah. up this barrier between me and you and guard myself. But like Clarice mm-hmm. said, it's also isolating yourself in from the, um, from good things getting in. And yeah. I, to go further off what Clarice said, you know, in Matthew 12, I think it's 34, it says for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth yeah. speaks. So what is in your heart is going to ultimately come out in your speech and in your oh, actions absolutely. and behaviors. And so that's the risk or the um, danger of letting offense settle into your heart is it's going to mm. pour over into other areas as Clarice was telling us. Absolutely. Well, and the thing that we can look to, you know, if, we are asked to, you know, release people from offense, or if we're asked to not adopt offense, mm-hmm. God will always give us a, an example. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus, we can always look to Jesus for everything. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, we can always look to him for every, everything that we possibly ever go through. And you look at Jesus and he has every right to be offended at us sure. because we just are brutal. <laughs> you know, we just do the most, I think, sometimes. And he does not, though. He shows us how to let go of offenses. And it's even with respect to just sin. It talks about he, he being God, does not deal with us according to our sins. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. And so he shows us that when we do understand, okay, yes, we've been offended. Yes, we've sinned. Just in general, he shows us what he does and who he is. But then even more so, he is the one who saves us from being ensnared and offense, obviously being one way the enemy will use to ensnare us just because he wants to bring division, like you talked about um, at the beginning. And one of uh, my favorite Psalms or just one of the Psalms that I really, 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 you know, appreciate and, and enjoy and know that it's very impactful is Psalm 91. And in Psalm 91, three um, David's writing, he says, you know, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Well, when I first read that, I had no idea what they were talking about. I'm like, I don't know what a snare is. I don't know what a fowler is. That makes no sense to my brain. Yep. Um, so grateful for <laughs> the ability to translate and, and put into context and grasp the visual. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about earlier, that snare, it's that trap, you know, you're at the mercy of the one who put it out there, who is the fowler. They are the one. In um, the Hebrew, it's it's interesting. That word means bait layer. <laughs> and so think about it. You know, if today we woke up and you're just thinking about something and, you know, maybe you saw something on the news and you didn't agree with it. And then someone in the office says the same point. Now you're kind of inclined to like naturally be bent towards not wanting to agree with them. And so now maybe they offended you. Mm-hmm. And so I think of how then you take that bait and when you take that bait, we know what bait does. It 
draws you to it so you can get caught. Um, And so he does. And so it's just the nature of God to want to save us in general, but he also wants to save and deliver us. He who delivers us from that bait. Absolutely. And that's really, it's hitting home with me, the term bait, you know, and this Mm -hmm. Psalm example is talking about literal bait and the fowler and the bird that, you know, that would come for the bait, but taking it metaphorically, like Clarice was in our life of like, this bait is laid out and I can picture it just thinking of like this week Mm -hmm. of like each day I could probably identify like some piece of bait that the enemy put out. And admittedly, some days I take it and then some days I don't, (laughs) you know, um, even thinking in a marriage relationship of like, you know, that how easy it is uh, yeah. to highlight maybe something they did wrong or what they did to offend you versus assuming that good intent and taking that bait. And so Clarice, that leads us into the conversation about, so what can yeah. we do about it? Like we recognize the bait. We recognize mm-hmm. that maybe we are even easily offended or that we see that, yeah. that temptation to, for division because I want to defend my position mm-hmm. or how I feel about it or how it made Um, how it impacted me. So what does the Bible tell us we can Mm. do about it? Yeah. Well, you know, it's crazy you say that because it's like, sometimes I have the, I feel like I have the right to feel that way. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting (laughs) because I was thinking about this last night and Holy Spirit was like, yeah, you do, but is it right? And then I love that we can look to scripture and I think you, you can talk so well on, on the first passage. Sure outline for everyone and I, I, I like how you brought that up let's get real for a minute that yeah <laughs> the bible doesn't say that you don't have the right to be offended now hang with me here um, we yeah. talked through this but like you know the bible definitely says we do not need to be offended it shows us the negative impact of offense right we've been talking about that the whole time but to clarice's point it's not that like logically that person didn't say or do something wrong but mm-hmm. it's not allowing that bait or that behavior of theirs to impact your life, infiltrate your heart, and then shift you or change you. Mm-hmm. Um, Clarice, I think that's a really practical thing to bring up because we can look at some situations and go, heck yeah, I have the right to be offended. That was rude. They hurt me. <laughs> and even if it was intentional, you know, we keep saying assume good intent, but what if it was intentionally rude towards you? You know, even in those moments, those may be even harder moments to stand up and go, yeah. you know what? No, I'm not going to receive this offense. I'm not going to take this on. I'm not going to let it change my day or my view yeah. of that person. You know, and those are the moments that it can be really challenging. But thank God that he gives us scriptures like Colossians mm-hmm. 3 that we're going to read now that gives us some instruction of, okay, what do we do when that offense yeah. is taking place? So we're going to start in Colossians 3 verses 12 through 14. And it says, therefore, as God's chosen people holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And so Clarice, what I read here, um, starting in verse 12 is, it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, so that's us, and it reminds us that we're holy and dearly loved. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Praise Jesus. And it says <laughs> we're choosing to clothe ourselves, right? We've talked about this before. Yeah. Clothing yourselves, picture getting ready in the morning. It's, it's an action, right? You're physically putting on items. And so it's clothing ourselves mm-hmm. with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So if I have compassion towards others or kindness mm-hmm. towards others, I'm a lot less likely to take offense to what they said. Cause like our example right. of that pastor in the church that didn't say, Hey, to you, 
Well, if I'm being compassionate towards him, I can recognize, hey, he's probably really busy right now and he's doing right. something. I hope he gets done what he needs to get done versus yeah. why didn't he say hey to me? So I love how right. the Bible always gives us that. This is what you should do when it, before mm. it even tells you what, what not to do. Absolutely. And then verse 13 really speaks to offense and it says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. So that's essentially the offenses, right? If you have a grievance or annoyance or an offense or something with your brother or sister, it tells us here to forgive it. You know, no mm-hmm. questions asked, forgive it. Like Clarice was talking to us, just like Christ did, how he forgave us of all of our transgressions. Um, we are to forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive mm-hmm. as the Lord forgave you. It says all of them, right? Right. <laughs> Come Dang, on, man. No. <laughs> there's not like a certain right. grouping that there's, we don't have to. You know, like I think of the things that, again, like you would really rationalize. And I think, again, how you brought up the ones that really are intentional. Yeah. And the ones that you can't, especially from family members, you just can't undo that that blood bond, you know? And you're like, wow, I literally have to navigate the situation. And it's hard. It's really hard, but you know, God says to do it and he helps us with it. And I think that's, what's so great about who he is, is, you know, even though we may feel a certain type of way about it, he changes our heart because again, we talked about, it's all about the heart. It is. And you know, the whole point, you know, the name of our podcast of equipped, like the Lord has equipped Mm -hmm. us with everything we need to do all the things that are directed to us in scripture. So, Mm -hmm. but Clarice, again, you know, um, and practicality in this that it's not always easy so we want to set very clear Mm -hmm. expectations here that we hear the direction of the lord and that is very clear but also he also understands that that's not always the easiest thing to do he expects us to do Mm -hmm. it but he's also going to equip us with the grace and the ability and the humility um, to actually go and be able to forgive others and let offense go you know Mm -hmm. me being offended is not hurting that person that offended me. It's hurting me. So another reason is similar concept of forgiveness, right? When we have unforgiveness, we're the person who is bitter about it. You know, I heard a pastor's wife one time tell me, you know, unforgiveness or offense is like drinking poison and expecting the other person Mm -hmm. to die. Like, no, like it's (laughs) actually poisoning yourself, your heart, like we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's part of why the Lord is directing us to let it go, to forgive is because that's what's better for us. We can move forward in our walk with him and not get ensnared and trapped and held up, but to continue Mm -hmm. forward with him. And so Clarice, Mm -hmm. you had another scripture that gives us some instruction of kind of what can we do about offense out of the book of Matthew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, we talk about these red letters. (laughs) Always important. Talking. (laughs) When Jesus speaks, we must listen. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in Matthew, you look at Matthew 5, Verses 21 through 26, you can read the whole thing, but I'm going to hone in on pretty much, I guess it's in 23, but basically it says, um, Jesus saying, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. Ten commandment right there. Mm -hmm. He says, um, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. And I'm like, wow, you put murder right before anger. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oof, sheesh. I'm like, so you, God, you're kind of seeing these eye to eye. <laughs> you know, I think we sometimes in our mind, we try and tear 
sins. And it's not, you know, when Jesus said, I will remove your sins as far as the East is from the West. It didn't say that, you know, you know, but this one wasn't that bad. So it doesn't need to go as Mm. far as East as West. It just could kind of sit there. No, it's our sins. And so this is this anger being one of them and comparable and equatable to murder then. So um, for the, the going on and continuing, it says, so if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. And basically he says, come to, come to terms quickly um, with mm-hmm. accusers. And it kind of goes on and you can kind of read the rest of that. But literally you're doing something for the Lord, right? You're going and offering and presenting what you have for, to him. And you're mm-hmm. in this moment of just like, yes, God, like I want to spend time with you and I want to be obedient to you. But the first obedience is to go fix what's wrong in your heart. You know, and, yeah. and I don't want to say that we're responsible for fixing it. I, that may have been poorly worded, but he's literally telling us to take a pause in what we're doing to go address the situation. Yeah. And I think that tells us how seriously he takes yeah. this uh, cl- like clean conscience, clean heart between the brothers mm-hmm. and sisters in Christ and how much God values unity. Cause yes. to Clarissa's point, the scripture is talking about in verse 23, you're offering your gift <clears throat> at the altar, you know, so mm-hmm. back in biblical times, you know, it was often a, actual tangible gift at the altar for us today it could be you could be at church in worship you know you're offering your gift of worship up to the lord um but he's saying and he loves that he loves worship he loves sacrifice he loves you know us coming to his altar but he is prioritizing that unity with a brother he says leave it there and go and be reconciled first and then come back and offer your gift to me. Um, so clarice that screams to me the priority of unity in the body um, mm-hmm. not letting offense and anger and frustration between each other, yeah. um, you know, manifest. And I, I mean, we've been there again. I keep speaking of a mar- marriage relationship cause I'm yeah. thinking about my husband, but this can go in multiple relationships, but I can even think on like Sunday morning. Like if we argued before church on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. it impacts my ability to worship and offer that gift too. Like mm-hmm. I can feel a difference in my heart if it's not totally clear and clean before the Lord. It's impacting my ability to truly give that gift purely. And I think that he knows that as well here too. And so again, he wants us to reconcile with our brothers, but he also wants us to have the ability to be totally pure in heart to where Mm -hmm. we can just come before him with our gifts and our praise and fully enjoy that time in his presence. And like you said earlier, a lot of times no one else knows, Mm -hmm. you know, no one else knows. And so God deals directly with the person, directly with the heart and he will help you. I think of, um, any of the scriptures that, <clears throat> excuse me, that he talks about it. And it says, even in, in one, he's, he's saying, create in me a clean and pure heart, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it is because it's where the heart, again, it's about the heart. Because if it's not, if we're holding on to that offense, there's not that purity in there. And what yeah. does God love? But like clean hands and a pure heart. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting because in the society, and we even talked about at the beginning a little bit, just about society in general, but, you know, we chase this happiness and we chase this joy and we just try and chase these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in one, uh, one portion of the Stephen Furtick sermon that we mentioned before is one thing that God had told him 
specifically, he said, the reason it's so hard for you to stay happy is because you, it's so easy for you to get offended. Mm. And I was like, wow, what a heart check that is, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and we do, we have the opportunity to say, well, why am I going to let someone have the power to change my, my joy to rob me of that? I'm giving way too much power to that person or that situation or that comment or that post Mm -hmm. when in fact, we don't have to let that rock anything about our reality. Right. Like we have that choice, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So Cassie, this is a tough one. <laughs> it is because, you know, as I'm reading through this, I'm like, all right, cool. I have my steps and I can, I know what it is now. I know where it resides. I know what I need to do about it. But now the execution is the hard part is mm-hmm. all right. I'll walk through my day to day and not let that post bother me. Not let that yeah. side eye bother me. Not let that lack mm-hmm. of response yeah. bother me. You know, don't yeah. let myself get mm-hmm. ensnared, tripped up and trapped. Yeah. Um, by the behaviors of others and ultimately really by the, you know, approach of the enemy to mm-hmm. provide division and destruction. Um, and yeah. when I think about it in that mentality, like when I picture myself and my walk with the Lord and to think that offense is just tripping me up or yes. offense is something the enemy is trying to succeed at, it makes it a little easier to say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to be offended right. right now. Like, I'm not right. thinking I'm... about, oh, how did that impact me? Did that, did mm-hmm. they hurt me? No, no, no. I'm thinking about, I don't want the enemy to win. I don't want to get right. tripped up. So mm-hmm. it makes it a little bit simpler when we think in that context of, you know what? I'm going to choose not to be offended in this moment. I'm going to choose to keep my joy and my peace um, and, you know, bless that person. Yeah. Well, and I think I had even had this conversation with someone this week just about, you know, there are certain people in our lives, whether, you know, it's a friend, a family mm-hmm. member or something that we know we have a natural bent to be offended by them, you know, and knowing that on the front end is helpful because we can literally sit with God and say, God, I know that something that they may say or bring up in the past has perpetually offended me. And I know that sometimes they're not able to bridle their tongue and things just come out and I have no control over that. Right. Mm -hmm. Until God touches that person's heart sometimes it's just going to come out and come out and you just can't control it, you know? Mm -hmm. So just the remembrance of a couple things, but one of them being, it's not a reflection of you. It's just a mirror of their heart. You know, it's not that you deserve to be the brunt of the, um, say it's words, the, the, what, the, backlash or the, mm-hmm. you know, word vomit or whatever it is. It, it's not that you're worthy of that. It's just that they just haven't had that heart change. Right. right. So then knowing that, that you have to engage in relationship with this person and say it's family member, you need to on the front end, sit with God and say, God help my heart to not adopt what they say and take that as truth. But Mm. then also, God, what are scriptures on the front end that will help me remember what you say and what I can receive from you? And I always think of um, the one scripture about just a soft word turns away wrath. And I just think of that, you know, for someone who maybe constantly is just like going off, going off, going off. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, maybe like you said, um, from Colossians, adopting that kindness and putting on that kindness instead of you equally going off on them now Mm -hmm. 
now maybe you say you take that heart of compassion and say they've got something going on inside them. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the root is. Mm -hmm. God obviously knows, but I'm not going to take that on. And it's not my responsibility to know why they're like that. I just can take a compassionate heart of just, okay, you know what? They're like that. And, you know, God help equip me on the front end, give me a scripture to latch on to, to help me see them through your eyes. But, you know, I'm just going to let that roll, roll off my, roll off my back and turn a kind heart. Absolutely. And what, practical wisdom Clarice I'm like there are absolutely scenarios we're going to walk into you mentioned family oftentimes it can be family you know those you mm-hmm. love the most or they're the closest to you have that yeah. ability to really uh, get under your skin sometimes so it's very practical to ahead of time seek out mm-hmm. the word have some scriptures ready to say to yourself in those moments so you don't uh, take the bait right when it's yes. laid out there yeah um and yeah having that kind heart towards them or that compassion towards them i found can sometimes diffuse the situation or even yes. almost catch them off guard of like whoa yes she's not responding whoa, why she's they, not engaging yeah, in this um, which mm-hmm. what a testimony what a witness without mm-hmm. you even having to say i'm different i believe christ mm-hmm. i whatever you're not having to preach at them it's just literally yeah. your behavior is different and they're saying yes huh, what just happened and they, and they may not say that to you. <laughs> Let me back that train up. Right. They may not get that glory of being mm-hmm. said, wow, you're really different. They may right. continue their normal behavior, but some, mm-hmm. they're, they're noticing like, yeah, oh, that, that's a different response in the past. So please, what a great practical example. Yeah. Well, Cassie, would you love to just pray over us who are the easily offended ones? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Self-included. So let's do right. this. Uh, Lord, thank you so much, uh, Father, for today, uh, for, again, the opportunity to share your word. Father, I pray for every listener that they hear your heart, you know, not Clarissa and I's thoughts, but, Father, your heart, your word, what your scriptures say, uh, particularly in the area of offense today, Father. First and foremost, we repent for the times that we have taken the bait, that we have voluntarily ensnared ourselves um, in some type of offense by being self-focused or self-minded or just assuming, um, maybe assuming the worst. So Father, forgive us for the times that we have willingly done that. I know I've done that myself and Father Clarice had shared as well. So Father, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that we can always come before you and that renewal of the mind and that renewal of our life is always happening with you, Lord. And I thank you that your word is a living word that's transforming us constantly. Mm-hmm. And so Father, as we absorb what you spoke about today, in the area of offense, Father, may we be so aware of the enemy's schemes in this area that, that we don't take the bait, we don't get ensnared, we don't trip up, Father, because you've strengthened us and you've equipped us with what we need to choose in those moments, Lord, to not take that, but rather, Lord, we put on the kindness, the humility, the patience, the love that you have directed us to, and that is how we love our brothers, Father, that we model our lives after the way you loved and the way you love us, Father, as Clarice shared that you forgive us of our offenses and our transgressions and our iniquities, Lord. And Father, may we have hearts that are so quick to forgive and to love Jesus as we walk through this life. And may 
that difference. May we stand out and be that that light that on a lampstand for all to see that makes us different in this as we approach the end of 2019 and go into 2020 in a world that's so easily offended, Father. May we walk with your light showing the world how not to take on that offense, but rather to love and keep running our race without any ensnaring, Father, that our desire is to please you, Lord. And I thank you for equipping all the listeners. Father, I pray that you teach each and every one of us, highlight areas of our lives that we are letting offense uh, take place. Father, I pray for every relationship um, of the people listening, whether it be family relationships, uh, spousal relationships, friendships, etc. Um, highlight areas where we've already let offense come in and let's uproot that and get it out um, so we can move forward in a way that's pleasing to you in unity in the body of Christ. Because Father, our focus, and Lord, help us with this, our focus is to be kingdom-minded and accomplish what you would have us accomplish, Lord. And may we not get distracted or ensnared by the little things that happen um, that we could easily take offense to. So Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. And thank you for equipping us with what we need to walk out this wonderful life that you have before us. So Father, we thank you. We honor you. We give you the glory. And it's in your precious name that we pray today. Amen. Amen.